0: Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Let us find mercy. Let us find grace. Let us find help. Let us find you and whatever you have for us today, Father. We welcome it. We honor it and we thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen and praise God. So we're going to talk about unshackling our faith again. Uh, continue with that. Amen. <clears throat> And, uh, really how to release your faith and, and how faith works, uh, because there are some, uh, some unseen, um, gems or, or nuggets or, um, issues here that, that we can, can address. And one of those is that, uh, place where we've all been there, where we're expecting God to do something and somehow our minds start to drift off into What's taking so long, amen? So everybody, I mean, it's like we want everything instantly except our bills, right? They can keep them. You know, you go to the mailbox, you say, oh, is that all that's in there? Okay, well, whatever. But but we get excited about things that bless us and things that we desire, our hearts desire. Uh, everybody wants to live a joyful and blessed life. A blessed, blessing just really means happy. To be blessed is to be happy, to be satisfied, to be content. Um, to be in that place of anticipation of joy oftentimes is, is what uh, blessed really means. Expecting good. Not bad, but good all the time. And when you can expect good all the time legitimately from the hand of God, you, you are a blessed person. Amen? Uh, in spite of what you may have that you can see in the natural, if you're expecting God to do you good, uh, you you are a blessed person. You're a happy person. You're content. You're, you're motivated to continue to work for God. And I think that's one of the things that faith, if we don't watch, uh, our faith getting tied down and getting bogged down, if we don't pay attention to our faith in that respect, there's a, a place where people can just lose heart or, or lose confidence in God. And yeah, the Bible says that, that t- if for us not to get weary in well-doing, because in due season, not your season, due season, amen, uh, it, you will reap if you don't faint. And so it must be, there must be some kind of temptation to quit or temptation to lose heart. You know, you can lose heart. People lose heart very easily. They really do. Uh, just wrong focus can cause you to lose heart. Uh, if you you can be sitting next to a person and they can be shouting and dancing and worshiping lifting holy hands in your presence and the next thing you know they've disappeared amen because it's what's in the heart see what we do in here that's that's a lot emotional sometimes flesh whatever whatever hopefully your heart's in it if your heart's not in it you need to ask god to teach you how to keep your heart in the things of god so that you don't lose You don't go faint. But so many people are are just going through the motions, and it's unnecessary. God never called us to go through motions. He called us to live for Him and to be blessed by Him and and to to understand what it means to live by faith and and have the excitement of God in you at all times. You know, you you can be excited about God, and, and He hasn't done a thing for you. Other than reveal himself one time. You understand what I'm saying? And so you can you live off, when you live by faith, you live a life of excitement, expectation, adventure, uh, all of the, all of the things that, that God wants us to have. We start living that life. <clears throat> and so we, we talked about the fact that your faith is shackled and tied down on purpose. And we said it's like a, uh, <clears throat> say like a rocket. That's ready to be launched and it has to be kept tied down or it will launch at any moment, unpredictable, premature. So God wants us to be in control of where our faith goes, what we use it for. And the best way to do that, if he leaves it dormant uh, in in holding until you light a match and light it up and fire it up, amen, And and so we talk about the the fact that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So if you desire something, you desire, or if you just want to be close to God, open up your Bible, and your faith will begin to ignite. It will begin to grow. So that's the first match that's set to your faith, and that is the word of God. When you start listening, hearing the Word of God, you meditate on the Word of God. You find an answer in there to something that you've been that's been puzzling you, or that's been been uh, tripping you up, or you don't quite understand. That's the first unshackling moment of your faith is when it starts to catch on. It, it your faith has to connect to something and the way you connect to the supernatural faith of god is by the word of god it's not by what you want and there's a big difference there because many people think that they can have what they want just because they want it and they don't ever go look at the word and see what god has for you yeah he may want that for you but not right now you know what's on your plate right now that you can you can ingest and you can You know, you can, can swallow it and you can receive it and you can partake of it. See, many times we want the whole, the whole enchilada and God knows you'll get indigestion if you eat that whole thing right now you know, by itself. So he'll give you little bits and little pieces and, and put it together for you in a way that it doesn't overwhelm you, a way that, that you don't get discouraged because it looks like it's going to take too much faith to do it. it. It's way out of your realm. It's out of your league. And and we get frustrated with the small steps he gives us to take. But trust me, that's necessary in order for you to get the whole thing. It, Faith is something that builds. It builds a picture on the inside of you for the things that you desire. Amen. And once that blueprint is set up in your spirit, you ever notice that? Like you used to, you used to really sweat over a monthly payment and you had a job, you had a paycheck, you had all the elements, but you still sweated it. Amen. Now you might notice I don't really sweat anything. I forget to worry. You ever been there? You notice that, and and it's something that transpires on the inside of you. It's not something that we often do consciously all the time. But what has happened to you is God has caused that little seed of faith that you first started with to now grow, and it's overwhelming the doubt that used to crowd your mind. It's overwhelming the fear that used now faith has expanded in you until now you just you just begin to thank God for it. Well God, I thank you because I know you're gonna meet my bills this month. I don't have to, you know, go on my little uh trip I used to go on. Remember them? I'm gonna I'm a, I'm gonna turn the plate down. God gonna get this bill. He gonna get me this money. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. You know, and then you you call yourself in the word and go to sleep on your Bible your Bible got more slobber in it than it's got y'all know what I'm talking about you know i I would tell God I said God you see I'm cutting up down here you see me you see me you? you see me you see me, you. You, see me you. you understand what I'm saying you're doing it in your own flesh you're trying to get a result you're trying to get a spiritual result with carnal methods amen. Go strong arm God, pressure God. Remember them words, bombard heaven. And God saying, "You don't have to bombard. Gave it to you already. What you up here bombarding me for? You better go tell the devil to lose your stuff." <laughs> Amen. And and so we 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 know what it's like to to grow in faith. That's what God's doing with us all the time. He's looking for growth. He's looking for the ability to to, for you to put things together the right way. Everybody's got to be taught, folks. There's nothing. I don't care where you go, what you try to do. If you get a job you've done for years, you got to be taught. If you're a professional person, if you're a registered nurse, you've transferred to another hospital. They take you through orientation. Why? So you don't kill nobody put it plain and simple you've got to learn the system even though you might have the knowledge and have some skill it's got to be adapted to your new situation and so this is all God is doing the kingdom is this is news you ain't heard this before Amen? This is news. And when you hear news, you got to discern where that news is coming from, if that's for you, what it's about, how do you put it together, all of the above. And so just chill out while God's teaching you. He's going to take care of you while he's teaching you. The fact that you don't have something yet is not the end of the world. But the devil will make you think it is. If you don't understand how faith works. There's many people quit on God because they didn't stay long enough to learn enough to understand what he was doing. All they saw was, I don't have it yet. I don't have it yet. And you keep letting the devil feed that to you and mess your head up, which you don't have it yet. You got me? Till pretty soon, you'll you'll think you're not going to get it at all. And that's when you lose heart. That's when you quit. That's when you walk away. Amen. So God wants us to stay in the hut because it's worth it. You stay in the hut no matter what goes on. You stay in the hut and understand that he is with you and he will do what he says he's going to do if you will stay faithful to him. So in unshackling our faith, we understand from James 4, 16 that faith without works is dead because it's alone. And so it's like that that rocket that's sitting there waiting for the ignition switch to go down. And then, you know, all these countdowns and things that you add to your faith. This is what we're doing as we begin to understand how faith actually works. This This kingdom, the power of God is extremely powerful. And he doesn't want us to ever think it's a cheap commodity, ever think that we can own it. We're in charge of it. We control it. That don't ever make that mistake. And don't let the devil talk you into thinking you can do some things that God has not released you to do. Amen. And so this is all, it's all controlled explosion is what it is. Because when your faith starts to work, it is an explosive uh, force in the realm of the spirit. Amen. That, that same seed that God put in you when you got born again, that seed, when, if, if you got born again, you got changed from a natural person to a supernatural person. Now how did that happen? You made the choice to give your life to God, whatever your understanding of that was. Thank God he understands it better than we do. Amen. And what happened with us is that we were transformed right there on the spot. Into a new species of being. A totally new, now if, if, if your word and faith in the word that you pray, you pray the sinner's prayer, Jesus come into my life and save me. Forgive my sins. Help me not, help me to live for you. Yada yada. Whatever you confessed at that time. Just those words caused you to be changed from a natural person to a supernatural person. Now how does that happen? The seed of God's life came into you and by your faith it exploded on the inside of you and shot everything out that caused you to sin and like sin. Amen? Now that's what happened to you. Supernaturally speaking. What you experience is something different because the devil will come up to you and say you ain't saved, nothing happened to you. But it did. And the reason he's serving notice on you now that nothing happened to you is because he's trying to get you not to really accept it and experience it. And that same thing happens with everything that you get from God. The supernatural of God comes in and feeds on that same seed, that same seed that you got born again on, that seed of righteousness. Every time you feed on the word, it grows more and more. And God begins to plant more things or more desires on the ends. You begin to see yourself a whole new different species of a being. Amen. You know, we're our worst critics sometimes. Stay out the mirror so much. Get in your Bible. Because that person in the mirror is lying to you every day. Amen. You know, you get in there and you've been doing the best you can and and you lost 10 pounds. And get in the mirror and say, now, we're... Girl, you ain't lost no 10 pounds. Look at you. Look at me. <laughs> nah, stay out the mirror. Go get in God's mirror. Jesus says, I love you. He don't never mention your weight. Because everybody's spirit weighs the same thing. You stay in that word long enough, you forget food. If you forget, if it's doing you wrong, you forget everything that does you wrong just saying these things aren't as hard as we make them you know we we build them up to be something really tragic but hey God loves fat people skinny people dark people he loves everybody amen and he don't pick at you about nothing you got me he will help you out of situations that are detrimental for you and that's how faith works amen so this faith that's in us explodes if you take the word of faith inside of you for health and healing, it begins to explode illness seeds in you. Now, you got to believe that's happening. If you believe you're a new creature, you can believe you have everything else that God has promised you. It's in there in seed form. So if you don't believe that you're more healed today than you are yesterday and you've been feeding in the word, get on the word some more. Amen. Start believing that it's increasing in you, that you're getting better, that you are healed anyhow, and symptoms are being removed out of your body every time you take medicine of the word. It's just igniting in you, exploding in you. And pretty soon, that word of health and healing has taken over 100% in you. Amen. Why do you think the devil always hits you with a new symptom? You know, people think this is something unique, but it's, it's a, it's a warfare strategy on his part. If we're both uh, racing to get toward a finish line, you ever seen these people who are, are good, uh, uh, track, track runners, track and field? I watch them cause I can't run. You understand what I'm saying? I get the most delight out of that because I don't have to put myself and compare myself and say, well, they ain't doing that much. And you know, I could just enjoy them. Amen. But, but the, the anchor, anchor runners, they are running before they even get the baton in their hand. They stand in there, pop, 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 pop. So when that thing, bam, they take off and they give it the best they got from beginning to end. They don't have time to build up their speed. They got to be speed at the beginning and speed toward the end. And finish on in there on time. Amen. And that's the way God wants us to be as far as the things of God are concerned that, that we're always, that explosion is always taking place in us. Amen. And if there's something in you that is not of God, say like sickness or poverty or you, 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 you're mad at people all the time. You feel sorry for yourself. You didn't have a right upbringing. Well, welcome to the real world. Unless you was Jesus, you didn't have the right upbringing. Do you understand me? So we're forgetting things that are hard. You're a new creature. Act like a new creature. Start learning how the new creation person operates. And let's go there. You don't have to notice every symptom that hits your body. Go find you something else to do. Amen? You know, people sit up in the minutes are, Huh, I wonder what that is. That's your imagination. Running away with you. you. You understand what I'm saying? Just go find you something to do. Amen? My mother would tell us, she said, girl, ain't nothing wrong with you. Go on outside and play. You understand what I'm saying? You know, she had four girls and she didn't want four depressed women sitting around her all the time. So she made us quit that nonsense. But But faith is explosive like that, folks. It's ready to go all the time. Your faith is ready to take over. Your, your healing healing words are ready to take over sickness in your body and outrun them and run them down. So when you get to the finish line of life, your health is won out. And it left sickness in the dust where sickness doesn't exist anymore. So your faith is in the word of God is explosive in that as it grows inside of you, it's killing something else. So it's killing what's not like it. Both of them can't grow at the same time. That's why when you focus on discouraging things, you feel worse. That seed is growing in you and is bearing fruit. The fruit of depression is more depression. The fruit of feeling sorry for yourself is, is the devil saying, well, I'll give you something to feel sorry for. You understand what I'm saying? He'll start stealing from you, taking this from you, taking it as long as you're focused on lack. Lack will come to you. Focus on what you have. Well, I'll have. That's what the woman with the pot of oil said. Till the prophet showed up and made her look again. No, our prophets look at you like, don't lie to me. If I ask you something, I ain't asking just to be curious. You got something. You understand me? And you do. Amen? You do. And it's not for them either. It's for you. You got me? Don't let anybody talk you out of your last nothing. Amen? Am I right, Poppy? I'm just, you know, curious about that. What you got you ain't told a little woman about? (laughs) Don't indict yourself. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) But it's just true. If you're a good steward, you'll hold on to what you can. You know, you're not frivolous in your spending. Amen. You need to learn how to save. You need to learn how to do all of those things. It's good management. Amen. It's always good management. And so when the word of faith begins to come into us, it will begin to drive out everything that's not because it cannot, God is not going to uh own the temple of your body and your life without having full control over it. And that's why you'll see yourself changing in areas first before you start getting stuff. You ever notice that you waiting on this and waiting on this and waiting on this. And God is working on you with this over here, right here. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, he's building something in you. He's building in you the capacity to grow, the capacity to discern what's, what's of him, what's not of him. There's some things you need to, to quit doing. He'll make sure you quit doing them. Why? Because if you continue, you'll spoil what it is that you have. Amen, so he knows this is kingdom living this isn't living by the flesh; it's a whole different way of living, and so we talked about the the virtues that you add to your faith or the spiritual forces that you add to your faith, and we found those in second Peter chapter one um, in in one of the the uh spiritual forces we need to add is patience, and it talked about that. So if you'll turn there for for a moment, Second Peter, chapter one. Now we've already been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. What he says here in verse three, so you're healed, you're prosperous. You're successful. You're all of those things already. You've been given the green light on that by God. Now you've got this, and and as you believe that, then when you start to expect certain things, you have to learn how to add certain things to your faith. And so you've been given these great and precious promises. Promises are precious, folks. Especially promises from God. His word cannot fail. So once you receive something from him, then then you can own it and you can have confidence that it's on the way. That it's being made. That it will come to pass. You've got to have confidence that your future is to obtain what it is in the natural realm. You get it first in the spirit by faith. And then you begin to build in faith more of the substance of it so that it will materialize over into the natural realm. That's how it happens. The Bible says we don't know how, but we know some things about it. And we know that faith is one of the building blocks in your your spiritual life. If your faith is weak, Whatever you're, you're expecting to have won't last long. It'll blow over. And so instead of God letting that happen to you, and you start thinking that his word is not true, he holds off on the manifestation of it until your faith is at a place where it can stand, withstand and withstand. Like he said, the man who built his house on the sand versus the one who built it on the rock. We're talking about building on the rock right here. We're talking about building something strong and substantial that will withstand pressures, withstand criticism, withstand, uh, uh, lies that are told on you. You know, when you're doing your best for God and somebody tells a lie on you and tries to destroy what you're building. Amen? It happens. And so God wants to build in us something way beyond what we're, we're looking at that we want in the natural. It's got to be substantial. If if he's going to approve of it, it's got to be built in a substantial fashion. And so he tells us here, besides this in verse 5, giving all diligence. So we skipped that word, diligence, but that's number one. That's your first building block. Whatever you're building in God, you got to be at it 24-7. This is diligence is doing it all the time. Amen? diligence is being a student of it not you know how you you like say something you think something you say oh wait a minute i ain't confessed this word in a, a couple of days I, you, I, 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 I. well that's your diligence trying to tell you to get on it i mean you the way you go about it is kind of crazy but that is an alert to you hey you know don't neglect the word what are you doing here you've been three days and not in your bible you been getting in your bible girl Amen? And so, so, I mean, the Holy Ghost will tip you off and then your flesh gets involved in it. The Holy Ghost is the part that told you get in the Word. The part that got crazy when that was said was your flesh. But you gotta move Him out the way. So you can get in the Word and let your spirit rule and reign. Let your spirit get fed. Let your spirit get strong. And so He says, add to this diligence. So do it every single day. Do it consistently. Do it several times a day. You know, people get on some of these little habits about, I'm I'm going to do an hour in the word. You don't know what you're going to do. Sometimes you crawl up in that word, and before you know it, that hour has been gone a long time ago. Amen. That's when the Holy Ghost took over instead of you with your hour, with your time limit. And when you say an hour, boy, you think you'd have done something. You say, I did a whole hour. You get with God, you'll do a whole lot more than that. You'll be running back to your Bible 10, 15 times a day. Stopping to worship God every time your mind has a free moment. You got me? You want to stay connected to him. So when you add all diligence, all diligence, in other words, when you start operating in faith, you're doing it diligently, you're doing it as a student, you're doing it consistently. People who are after something are after it 24-7. That's what diligence is. You don't ever forget that you're working on your health. You don't ever forget that you're working on the next step in your ministry. You don't ever forget that. You're at it all the time. God, I'm here. I'm waiting for instructions. God, I'm here. I thank you and I bless you. And You go to worship him for, for a period of time and see what he has to say. Amen? That's diligence. Diligence is not... Not opening your Bible for weeks at a time and then getting mad at God that you don't have. I didn't get that promotion. Wonder why. Yeah, don't wonder. Wonder no more. Your answer is here. Go to 1 Peter 5. You know, Peter's one of them books. They're seldom quoted. You know what I'm saying? We know the Corinthians. We know James. A little bit of James. You know, you skip over when he tells you about your tongue. But, you know, we know a little bit about James. Uh and we do. Go there a little bit, go to Hebrews some. We visit them all a little bit. Amen. Peter is, is seldom quoted, amen. Because there's so much here that that is required of us. He is trying to explain to us the requirements of the faith life. And he says, add to your faith virtue. And we talked about that. And we said that the the, the the definition is manly strength. And, and what that really is, is a man is responsible and covers his whole household. So you want strength for not just what your little personal needs are. You want something to cover your whole household and cover other households. Your household is is the things that you love, the people you love. As many people as your heart can love, that's who you can cover when you add to your faith virtue. Virtue doesn't say, I'm tired of praying or I'm tired of this person bugging me to pray for them. Virtue doesn't say that. You got me? You got more in you than you know. You got to let it come forth. Sometimes God is trying to press you to let virtue come forth by allowing you to feel tired or feel overburdened or feel this. When you get that way, you you know what you say, God. I gotta add something to this. I'm not supposed to feel overwhelmed. I cast my burdens on you, and then they still remain. What do I need? You need to add virtue to your your faith. You need to understand that you can do a whole lot more than what you're doing. Little Miss Sick and Tired. Little Miss When am I gonna get mine? Amen. When you start adding virtue to that, it's like the uh, you know them personal trainers. They never get tired of putting more of them them little rings they add onto the the dumbbells. Them personal trainers, they, you know, you you felt real good. You just you lifted that the last time, and you was able to push that that little load real good. And they come in and look down at you and say, "Well, it's time for us to add what?" That's the Holy Ghost. He's adding more to your load. Why? He knows your faith can do it. He knows he's getting your faith to the place where it can bench press more. All of you little builders out there. We ain't talking about no Planet Fitness membership. You know, I'm talking about something serious. You get a personal trainer, you laying down big money. You better be serious about that thing. You understand what I'm saying? And that's who the Holy Ghost is. He's your personal trainer. He said, I want you, while you in the Spirit praying for this thing, I want you to pray for this too. Yes, it's going to take more time. What you got to do? Nothing, God. I'm good. Huh? I'm good. You straighten up that face real quick. Well, that's virtue. Virtue says you can handle more. Amen. And you can, because you're not handling nothing. God's the one who's doing all the heavy lifting, Amen. And you get the satisfaction of going along for the ride. Only thing that you miss was you you miss buying something you would have bought if you'd have got out that door when you felt like going, Amen, when you planned to go. But you stopped for a minute to pray and God held you up. Amen. That's virtue. He wants you to know you can, you can handle more. You can do more. You know, you see some of these people with these huge ministries that, you know, like somebody like Samaritan's purse, the grams. Them people don't know nothing but millions of dollars and millions of people to help. And every time something goes wrong in the world, anywhere, they roll out that plane and get some stuff loaded and they write, they write there on time. That's virtue. You don't get there whining about how you tired about this. They don't get tired. Somebody asked Dr. Summerall, you know, he used to do this. He would like young ministers. They would have ministers' conferences. And the smart people wouldn't have any questions. You understand what I'm saying? Some people, you just don't quiz them because you around them you listen and hope somebody answers something that you got a question about or you say hey i'll pick it up later i didn't get it this time but i wasn't sticking my hand up in that man's face and they would ask him those silly questions like somebody asked him one time what do you do about jet lag and he said i shot him years ago see when somebody who has virtue smokes you like that See you sit up and pray instead of trying to ask twenty questions. Yeah, you know, people ask questions of smart people who are trying to be smart themselves. They only show how crazy they are. But see, virtue talks like that. I don't put up with that. You know, there's certain things you just don't put up with. Well you, well you don't you ever get tired? No, I don't. Well, I do. I'm sorry for you, but I'm moving on. You understand what I'm saying? You get there. You keep going. You get there. You get to the point where you don't feel yourself. You get for feeling anyway. You understand what I'm saying? Anybody tell you to feel you? Huh? That don't have nothing to do with anything. You feel like God tells you you feel. Huh? I feel healed. I feel great. I feel wonderful. I feel full of faith and power, huh? I feel anointed of the Holy Ghost. That's how you feel. You feel like the Word tells you. You feel, Amen. Now listen, I can go across the street. Now they don't, they don't want me over there, but I'll go anyway. What's the difference? (laughs) No, I'm messing with you, but you know what I mean. You you don't you don't live by feelings. You can't afford to. Feelings rob you of spiritual strength, spiritual awareness. It's a blinder that the enemy comes and swoops right in front of your face to see if he can distract you from what's in hand. Amen? How many of you have felt hurt enough that you wished you didn't feel that way? Well, see, that's the trap of feelings. See, there are some things you you're going to feel that you can't get rid of. Not not quickly, but the things that you can get rid of quickly, get rid of them. There's there's real life out here that hits us. You know, you lose a loved one. You know, if grief hits you, you wish you could get rid of it in a hurry, but you got to live with it for a season. Why would you grab a negative feeling out of nowhere and choose to feel that when you could feel strength? You could feel virtue. You could feel power. You can feel glory. You can feel the presence of God. You can feel joy. Choose to feel like God wants you to feel. Instead of what your, your flesh may be telling the devil. Tell you, you, got a right to feel that way. Good gravy. And I got a right not to, devil. Huh? He's the main one promoting your rights. I have no right. This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. A little heavy right now, but you know, we're working on it. You understand what I'm saying? He still lives here. Grieve. So here we go. Back to the pleasantries. Amen. So, so your faith is, is what God is working on to strengthen it. You know that faith without works is dead because it's by itself. That in itself should tell you that faith is pretty kind of feeble. It's shackled up. It needs help. It needs support. It needs other forces to keep it on track. It needs help. We know that. Now we've, we've, we've given faith the attention that God's wanted us to give it because many people didn't understand faith at all. And we've gotten the impression that faith by itself is everything. But you gotta read the fine print and you find out faith is, is tied down and dead until it comes to life. Many people have not known, we haven't known for centuries how to bring faith to life. It's only happened the last few hundred years that we've had, we've had people work in the supernatural over the centuries a little bit at a time, but they would get in the presence of God and not really understand much about how that happened. Until it was legal for people to own a Bible. You know, for many centuries, we could not own Bibles. The the scriptures were locked up. And then at certain churches, they didn't allow you to, they didn't open the Bible. And so it's just been the last few centuries that the knowledge of God has been released to all of humanity. And so we're learning how this thing operates. Don't ever assume because you got a few scriptures, they come by here and hear by the word of God, but there's so much more to it. If it were that easy, we'd have taken the world for Jesus a long time ago. But Jesus needs people who are dedicated to it. Why? Because the devil's people pick this stuff up too. You ever seen them correct each other on their confessions? They make a law out of it. You understand me? When the devil wants you to speak right, he'll make it a law. So it's it's a, against the law for you to say certain things. And they got that from, they stole that from us. And see, instead of us guarding our confession, and every time the enemy comes up with a lie, we chop it down with the word of God and refute it with the word of God. We'll sit up and listen to it and then dilute what we believe, and then when we need something, we're mad at God because we can't jump up and start confessing the word, and magically everything materializes that we want. And so this is a walk, folks. This is a a commitment. This is something we do with all diligence, as as Peter says, and we add to our faith virtue. After you get virtue, what's next? you got to have knowledge. Oh, back in the Word again, huh? Yeah, back in the Word. Back in some some other teachings that have come through to the church through the ages. And to knowledge, self-control. Oh, yeah, that again. Yeah, you can't jump up and hit nobody. You can't jump up and cuss nobody out. So quit thinking about it. Huh? Virtue doesn't do stuff like that. Because it'll set you back quite a bit. Now you gotta go back to, to understanding how you got like that and what are you thinking about? Where, where you, where we lose self control is that we don't listen to the word enough. That word will put some controls on you just in itself. You don't have to fight yourself to keep yourself from doing certain things. You just have to renew your mind, meditate on God enough, and your desire will be to obey what's in your mind and that is the word of God. You're not allowed to take detours in your thinking. Do you understand? Well, you can't afford to feed your your carnal mind with a bunch of nonsense. In fact, that's, that's really disobeying the first commandment. The Bible says to love God with all your mind. For you to sit up and start plotting on getting even with people and telling people off and all that, you're, you're abusing your mental faculties. God gave you a mind so you can think about Him and love Him with it. Amen? So quit abusing what God gave you. Your word, that, that, your mind is for meditating on the word, folks. And see, people wonder how, well, how do I wind up in this place all the time? What you been thinking about? And see, in the church, we get slick. We think a lot of stuff and never utter it. Think you're getting away with something. But God knows what you're doing. You might as well say it because it's going to come to pass. Because it's going to shoot out of you at some point. So quit nursing these negative thoughts and depressing thoughts and self and They did this to me and they don't treat me right. Huh? All that stuff, that's, that's abuse of your, your mind. He didn't give you a mind to think negative all the time. I'm serious. You know, when God healed me from, from depression, listen, if somebody thought negative all the time, it was me. And I realized that I would go and it, I would get better for a while and then right, right back again. Get better for a while and then right back again. And I began to read the Bible, and it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Your mind is what feeds your strength. Your mind will tell your physical body to do something sooner or later. Amen? So... You can't love him with all your strength if you don't love him with your mind first your, your strength is going to do something to counter to the Word of God. It's going to want to hurt somebody, it's want to get even with somebody, bear grudges, all that kind of stuff and so we've got to understand that you can't cheat on this covenant if you going to add virtue to your your faith, you've got to be a person that's mentally given over to the Word of God. And let that word make your mind strong so you don't deviate from what the word tells you to do. You want to be consistent, your Christianity. And this is how you do it. Meditate on the word day and night. The Bible says most of us skip over that. We feel good if we think of scripture a week. This is Perrier. Don't get the wrong idea. Anybody is Perrier. Much to my dismay, sometimes. Nah, no, y'all don't want a drunk preacher up here. Okay, trust me. If you thought I can talk sober, uh-uh. so anyway, so add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge. Knowledge is, God, this isn't happening like I thought it was going to happen. Give me some knowledge. See, there's a missing puzzle piece there somewhere. And you gotta humble yourself and be able to seek it. The problem is never God. The problem is us. And don't be shocked if God doesn't tell you the first time you ask Him. Well, God, I want to get this show on the road. I know He does too. But it's like, it's like working a jigsaw puzzle. You know, you know when, once you get all them edges, then the hard part starts. See, your faith, when, when you, when you get a promise on the inside of you, you've just found all the flat pieces to the puzzle. So you got the edges done. And trust me, if you like me, you sit up and stare at them other pieces, you say, oh, I wouldn't know where to start with that. Is that the one with the little curve and the little sharp piece or a long piece or a short piece? What, what goes there? So you gotta seek God for those things. They didn't just roll out of us without seeking him. He wants, he's playing a game of hide and seek. Why won't God play when my money is involved? Well, he's doing it anyway because he's God. He hides things from us. Why? I want everything right. I know you do. I do too. But he does the hide and seek because there's more for us if we can, can put some effort into getting him to reveal what it is that we need. See, there's, there's more faith involved. See, your, your seeking is a faith effort. Just wanting to know and asking. You don't think you have to have faith to go to God and ask him and believe he's going to give you the answer? That takes a lot of faith. The Bible also says that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. So God gets glory when you can't figure something out. Oh, Lord, don't tell me that. You mean I got to live with that too? Yes. But he says also it's the glory of man to seek it out. So you looking for stuff, or you want what God has for you? Hmm, this is interesting. Door number one, door number two, or door number three. Huh? So he wants us to seek him. You know, he told me one time, he said, you Christians have no romance in your soul. And I thought to myself, I said, Lord, I, I usually fix myself up pretty good when I get company. You understand what I'm saying? We know we cheat all the time. Ain't nobody looking we us. Huh? <laughs> right. But he wants us to get all dolled up for him. You know how you do that? Humbling yourself. Mary, when she came in and sat at the feet of Jesus and everybody else, Martha was up there cooking food and sweating. She didn't like Mary because Mary wasn't sweating. Amen. Well, Martha, I don't like to sweat either, but there's some times when you might have to. You know what I'm saying? But, But Mary just dove in at the feet of Jesus. And she didn't care how she looked to anybody but him. And he loved her for that. He said, I appreciate her so much. Every time somebody opens a Bible, they're going to read about her. And what did she do? She sat at his feet and worshipped him. Adored him. And all the rest of the men in the room was looking like, well, what has this guy got? You know, the Bible says he has no form of comeliness. You know, they're looking at it all carnal and stuff. He She looked good to him because she humbled herself and wanted to know. She was seeking. And she hung on his every word. So much so, who's the first person to show up at the tomb? Huh? She believed he was going to die and he was going to be raised up. rest of the disciples was trying to figure out how to hide from the people in the synagogue. They hiding and she going showing herself. She didn't care if the Romans had it locked up. She could care less. He said he was going to get up the third day. Now she was really going to see if that really happened or not. She wasn't just there out of curiosity. Cause nobody was there out of curiosity. Faith drove her there. She hung on every word that he said. And what did he say? He said, y'all, y'all leave her alone. He said, she's the only one who's believing I'm going to die because she's anointing me for my burial. She may not understand everything she's doing. She's doing it out of heart of love and she's doing it by faith. And she wants to be as close to the master as she can be. The rest of the disciples doing their normal things. Some of them arguing about who's going to be first, who's going to be second. Judas over there stealing money and complained about Mary. She shouldn't have wasted that perfume. I could have sold it. Oh yeah, and giving it to the poor. Yeah, right, like I s like I always do. Well he stole all the money. Talk about having confidence in your father if you turn the treasury over to the thief in the bunch. Gotta have faith in God. So we've got to seek knowledge, folks. We've got to love God with our minds. People get in trouble when they don't let their minds go over into the word and let it stay there, get renewed. We're still thinking about the word as something we use in an emergency. Well, if that's the way you believe, that will, according to your faith, it will be unto you. If that's the only time you respect God and his word, you will have emergencies instead of living by faith. There's no emergencies in his kingdom. Everything's known by him. He's made provision for all of it and he has your answer right there. It's a present help in your trouble. Jehovah Shalma, the God who is present. He's right here. He ain't there sitting watching you go crazy and looking for stuff because you in trouble. He's there with your answer. Present with your answer. He is your answer. And God wants us to have confidence in that. Add to your faith. Knowledge. Virtue and then knowledge. Self-control. And a self-control patience. So we need to look at that for a a minute. What, What patience does for us. In Hebrews 10, if you'll go there, Hebrews 10, 36. See, this will stop people from getting mad at God because they're confessing the word and nothing's happening. Amen. You're not serving him and worshiping him. You're trying to work him. Amen. So put your little kitty tools away. Amen? That little doctor kit people buy their children when they're, they're toddlers, you know? Them little fake instruments in there. Put that stuff away. God's trying to put something in your hand that's really going to work. Amen? So he says uh, in verse 35, he says... Cast, don't cast away your confidence. But what, what uh, Paul is telling him here, the writer, we, we believe it's Paul. It's, it was never signed, so we don't know for sure. He says, you had compassion of me and my bonds. Who's that sound like? But a lot of them were locked up and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. And you sent me money out of your own pocket and you did it with joy. Knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance And for that reason, don't throw away your confidence. If you have confidence to give, have confidence to receive. See it through all the way down to the end. And he says, once you start believing God, don't throw that away. And it has great recompense of reward. In other words, it'll be great. This is why the devil comes to people when at certain points and say, it's taking too long. God's not going to get it. If you stay in that mindset, you'll walk away. And don't kid yourself. You know people who have walked away and they barely understood God's kingdom at all. And he said it has great recompense. This is a great thing that's going to come and return to you if you stay with it. So, really, the race of Christianity is not one of speed; it's endurance. We got a lot of people that blow up real big and can't handle it. Amen, And God allows them to go out there and see what you can do, and see if you can handle it. But God, look at the fallout, look at the dish! yeah, He could take care of all of it. Are you kidding me? God has brought humanity through worse. And he says here, you have need of patience. There's something you need. There's always something we need in running this race. You see, uh, look at, at the clothing that runners wear now compared to say 15 and 20 years ago. They've, they understand more the laws of, of You know, energy and, and all of those things, inertia, matter, all of that stuff, how that interplays, kinetics, kinesiology, all of that kind of stuff. They understand that more. And what they do now is they wear clothing to decrease the resistance against them to run the race as fast as they can. Amen. We, they used to laugh at the Greek and Roman athletes because they, they did their, their races with no clothing on. But that's about where it's gotta to get to almost. You know, except we have more modesty than that. But, but they were pagan people. They do stuff like that. But they were on the right track. Because as, you know, people used to run in long shorts and then they did the, the tights and all that kind of stuff. And now they've gotten it as short as they can get it and still maintain speed. Why? Because they don't want to be hindered and bogged down. So we have need of things. We have need. Faith can always be improved upon. You know, you see some of these people that are teachers in faith and they've got a big church and they've got a lot of money and they kind of strut around. You've seen that look on people. I know I have. You know, they're not as humble as they used to be. They're not as because they're assuming they got it all. But something's going to come up, and they're going to hit that same wall, everybody. You have need of something. Amen? You always need more. You can always add more to your faith. God is always adding more to us, period. And he says, you have need of patience. And isn't that always the crowning jewel in in what we're going for? Because that answers the question, why is it taking so long? It's taking so long because you're noticing time. You're noticing time because you have need of patience. Now, patience is not the same thing. What Paul is talking about here is a spiritual force that will keep your faith alive under all circumstances. Patience will keep your faith alive under all circumstances. And we need it. That's why many times we're at, you know, it's like, well, God, God always waits till the last minute. No, you, you, you're the one keeping time. Who told you there was a time limit on what he's doing in your life? And so really what he's saying, you have to add something yet to your faith. But God, I added this, I added that. I did this but you told me to. I did that when you told me, yeah, you're going to do some more. If you're going to get anything from me, you little thief. He's trying to kill that dishonesty in us. When is my coming? You know what that's saying? That says if I beg hard enough, God will give it to me without paying the price. Huh? <laughs> Catherine Kuhlman says, oh, don't ever want anything cheap from God. Cause cheap is very cheap. Something to mess your head up with. You understand what I'm saying? Just, just understand that there's a cheap and there's a very cheap. So you don't ever want to play God like that. Cause you can do this cause he holds you up. Why? Cause patience is a spiritual force that's able to cause you to endure And be held intact, and it's almost as time never passed when patience is involved. Patience allows you to overcome the passage of time. What does the Bible say about God? He's long-suffering because he's not willing that anybody should perish. So when you step into patience, you step into the long suffering of God because he knows he's waiting for a reason. You're waiting for a reason. You're not waiting just for God to torture you and make you think you're never going to get it. Patience will take you to a different mindset about time. That's why patience is there. And he says, you have need of patience. So this is something, it's not something, patience is not something that you have to, to get. It's something you yield to. Cause it's in you already. You ever get nervous about something cause it's on your mind real heavy and then you have that little, that little place in your brain where you don't think about it and you get relieved? That's patience trying to take over for you. He wants to stay. We push him out so we can worry some more and be upset and see if we can beg God for it and get it on the cheap. Very cheap. You understand what I'm saying? We don't want to really pay the price. Not really. And we think of all kinds of reasons to justify that. Haven't you ever heard people say, well, if you had faith, you'd have it by now? You ever have you know the devil will tell you that in your mind? Well, I do have faith and I don't have it now. Show me how to give it get it, whatever voice that is talking to me. And he never gives you an answer. Because that voice is there just to harass you and get you off of trusting God. But Paul tells these people, he says, You know what, you've got a great reward waiting for you. You've done everything that's hard to do. You've sown. You put the word in. You believed God. You've endured. You've given. You've done everything you were supposed to do. But you got to do this last part, if you're going to get the reward. Don't walk away without your reward. And He says it has it it will give give you great recompense of reward. That recompense of reward is the same word. He says you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God. What's the will of God? In First Peter five one five, add to your faith endurance, knowledge, virtue, diligence, long-suffering, self-control. In other words, yield to the fruit of the Spirit. Stay in the Spirit. These may be added all at one time. Did you know that? When you yield to the Holy Spirit, whatever you need, He gives you in a package deal. I'm going to say it again. You know, these things are listed out for us so we'll know that there is more to add to your faith, that your faith can't work just by itself. We think faith is confessing the word, but it's much more than that. Faith is confidence. How do you think you get confidence in somebody? You know, I was married for almost 30 years, and and diligently my husband remembered every birthday, every (laughs) Christmas, I guess the poor man was scared not to. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, but but whatever. Whatever was working was working. You know, God felt mercy on the brother and helped him out, reminded him. You know, you wake up in a sweat in the middle of the night. Oh, it's tomorrow. I got another. Yeah, right, 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 right. You with me, poppy. Thank you. And so, so anyway, he diligently remembered, but you know, at some birthdays, if it got to be like in the evening or something, I'd be sitting there wondering, see, threw away my confidence in him. And really it was confidence in God. You're not really trusting people. You're trusting God that you can't move nobody. Trust me. You can't make nobody do nothing. You can't. You're trusting God to to move people. So the best thing to do is just let it go. And I find myself getting tense. And I say, Oh yeah, Lord, okay, let me let me quit that. Let me stop. See, but but these are mental habits we get into when we don't see what we think we want to see quickly enough. You have a tendency to lose heart. You have a tendency to lose confidence. You know? And, and I'd been living with him for, for all married to him for all these years. And understanding his habits and, and what he would do and what he wouldn't do. And still lose confidence. So this can happen to anybody about anything. Look at all the times God's bailed you out. But you start focusing on need and oh boy, it's like you don't even know God. Amen? Like you just meet them or something. And so he says, and the writer says here, you have need of patience. Amen? Because he could tell by the Spirit of God that there was anxiety going on there. There was uh, people who were were trying to throw away their confidence. He says, after you have done the will of God, that you might receive the promise for yet a little while. He that shall come will come and won't tarry. He's good for it. Amen. He's going to make good on his word. His word will not return and say, I couldn't produce. Amen. You just moved out of the right address. You know, when you live in the spirit, you're at the right address all the time. When you get over in the flesh, start worrying, noticing time your flesh is what notices time folks your spirit man is oblivious he lives he lives like god lives he don't your flesh man don't know nothing i mean your spirit don't know nothing about time and he doesn't know anything about sickness he's healed all the time he's well all the time he don't nothing about broke he'll say what do you have in your house that's what your spirit man is doing but see if we're looking instead of looking for for Ingredients, we look for the finished product. God is trying to get us to know how to put the ingredients together. Once you put that together, you got it. Amen. It's all over, but to shouting. You know, if, if you, you know, I, I do some baking on, on, you know, the end of the week. I make something for our dessert here for the, the carry out lunch, whatever. But I know it's until I get up and get the mixing bowl out it it's it's a struggle for me once i get started with the mixing bowl it starts to proceed pretty rapidly but until i do that it's like moving dead weight sometimes just the decision to do something and saying you're going to do it and nailing yourself down to get it done it's going to be the hardest thing about your faith is getting it started once it gets started, faith produces its own momentum. Once you do the work of faith, you put your motion, put it motion, motion to it. Its motion will take over, and it's you know, once that thing is in the oven, I don't have any doubt I'm gonna get it done. But until I get up and start doing, I say, oh, let me go do this first, and I don't, I don't feel like doing that, or what, you know, whatever. Let your mind just do what your mind does. Your mind can be telling you you ain't gonna do that, and then the minute you put your hand to it. It's a different story. You're off and running with your faith. Amen. This is so important for us to understand the work of a, a, a corresponding action to your faith. Until I get up and set my hand to it, my faith is dead. Once I set my hand to it, the momentum goes. It starts to move forward. It gets, and it gets done. And I know that about faith. And even though my mind will tell me some things that, that you don't even think about all the time. You know, when have you had that crazy thought? It'll come up when it's time for your faith to get involved. Because your flesh wants to stop. It's the enemy of God. Procrastination, putting things off. is the enemy of faith. Your faith wants to get started. wants to be ignited with your actions. And it can't do that. If your mind is kind, you're obeying your carnal mind, your carnal mind's the enemy of God. When it starts giving into your feelings and telling you don't feel this, you don't feel that, and, you know, yeah, you just, I'm just sluggish in the morning. Don't ever say that. I'm full of faith and power in the mornings. Amen. You know, sometimes God told me to, tell me, he said, will you quit thinking about how old you are every time you get up out the chair? And I said, who said that? <laughs> I didn't think about, it. yes you did. Huh? Why? Cause we're in the natural, we're programmed to think about any excuse to stay sitting or to stay doing nothing or to stay, you understand what I'm saying? Any excuse. So you gotta watch yourself. What you let your mind think, what you let, don't let your mind think minor problems that you've been delivered of are bigger than what they are. There's nothing holding you back from anything except getting after it, as they say in the the country western people. Well, let's get after it. Amen. Let's get after it. Amen. You gotta, you gotta put works to your faith. So we go back to James. Without works, faith is dead, being alone. But Peter says you gotta add to your faith. Amen. And the last things you add are patience. So you go back to James and find out what patience does for you. Amen? Patience is a perfector, Amen? I said perfector with the R on the end. Them gamblers out there, is she talking about a perfector? What's she talking about gambling on that? I ain't talking about that. And my poppy, didn't I say perfector with an ear on it? <laughs> on the end of it so so <laughs> james says to let patience have her perfect work let me find that he's talking about it in a couple places ah. Anybody got a quick concordance out there? Like I said, didn't I say that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I said. So I'll say he says, Count it all joy. I knew he would start out with the hard boy ball. I was looking for it a little later. I'm sorry, James one four. He says, My brethren counted all joy. When you find it, in other words, when you sit up, instead of sitting up thinking about what's taking it so long, start rejoicing. Count it all joy. Amen. You're being tempted to quit. How about everybody thought, yeah, they all, because everybody's a quitter. If you let them. You know, this is a hard job keeping people encouraged. You know, you're trying to build discipline. In, into yourself, into others. I don't, I don't uh, keep myself on the outside of that. You know, if I let myself go, I'd be hard to move too. You understand? I'll let myself, you know, you gotta check yourself. Okay, let yourself get so far down. If I can only put on somebody's, uh, teaching off YouTube, put that, pop that on, that'll stir me up. So I gotta have, but, this brother talked to me this morning because I need to be challenged to believe God more. That kind of stuff. He said, count it all joy when you you find yourself being tempted to say God's not going to do it. It's taking too long. I want to quit. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith, your faith has to overcome all those negative thoughts. You can't put your faith over into that mindset. You can't start believing it's too hard. You can't start believing you want to quit. You can't start believing you're running out of time. It's never too late to use your faith. Faith brings time with it. He says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience but let patience have her perfecting work, her maturing work. What's mature? That you can wait silently without whining and screaming and bawling and squalling and begging and cussing and carrying on because you don't have something God told you he going to give you. And instead of complaining about what you don't have, Why don't you realize that the prophet says, what do you have? Well, yeah, you don't have your Mercedes, but what do you have? Well, well, I guess what do you have in your house? She made light of it. When you say I have nothing, she meant to stop there. But God convicted her. Well, she must have thought she had nothing because she was just going to make a little something for her and her son and and die. They were going to eat their last meal and die. So she said, I have nothing. Well, except a pot of oil. So God will make you think about what you have, whether you want to think about it or not. She said, what do you have in your house? Prophet's widow. You bragging about what your husband, you, he worked for God, he did it. Well, a good man leaves an inheritance to in his family. He's, you got something in there that man of God left you. You're never without anything. You belong to God, you got something. That'll teach you not to make light of everything. She had enough with that starter kit of oil. She had enough there to to pay all their bills, get her boys out of jail instead of walking past the jail every day crying. She was able to bail them out before they even got in there. He said, "And pay your bills first. Ooh, that's a revelation. I mean, he whooped that sister up one side and down the other. If you see that conversation, you'll find that everything she did wrong, everything she quit doing that was right, and everything she needed to resume doing, you don't quit on God because you hit hard times. You stay even closer to him. Amen. She's asking the man of God to help her, and she got an attitude. You're going to get that attitude straight, first and foremost. That attitude is not going to work up in here. Not in holiness, it won't. So he said, you got stuff to add to your stuff, girl. You ain't done. Oh, you thought I was going to move that Cadillac right up in your garage day one when you pray? You better go somewhere. I don't give nobody that kind of stuff on day one. You gotta be taught some manners. Amen? Whenever we got cars, my husband always got the new one. Huh? Oh, I got the used one. Huh? Well, I wasn't working a job job. I was working for God. You understand what I'm saying? But, but there's an order to things. Until the day came and we were able to get two new ones. I said, Prayers, Holy Ghost. See, I had to work my way up to that. God wasn't gonna drop that on me day one. He said, yeah, girl, I'm gonna teach you how to get two brand new in the driveway at the same time. But it took some years. But God can, and you know what? When He came through with it, it didn't matter to me if I had new or used. That's the other thing patience will do. It'll make you grow up. See, he says that the the person God's people can behold an entire lacking nothing. If you lack in something, it's gonna work against you when you get your promise. Oh, y'all unbelievers, let me go over here to this. Why I'm gonna give me some real sinners to talk to. Y'all ain't real good at this unbelief stuff, huh? Because I can tell you wanting to believe it, you're just a little stunned right now. But that's all right. You get over it. Amen. All right, I'll quit. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, that we are not unbelievers. We're believers. We're not pretenders. We're faith people. And I thank you, Lord, for the spirit of faith that rests in each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us how to feed our faith, how to stay in faith, how to not give up, how to add to our faith how to live the life of faith. The life of faith is really a life of adding to. It's never a life of losing. losing, You're always adding to your faith. Even if you don't think anything is going on, as long as you stay close to God and worship Him, you are adding to your faith. Amen? When you think you're not getting there, worship Him. When you think it's getting too long, worship Him. When you think it's too late for you, worship Him. You'll find out things are much different once you enter the realm of the Spirit. In the realm of the Spirit, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. There's nothing bad in the Spirit. So just allow Him to show you these things. Allow Him to help you with these things. Allow Him to give you everything that He knows you need. Not what you think you need, but everything that He knows you need. So that you can be whole and entire, mature, lacking nothing, able to carry out everything God has given you. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for what we're doing today. Thank you, Lord, for understanding. Thank you for completeness and wholeness. In Jesus' name. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you.